I was getting Castlevania Dracula level upset trying to beat this dude. <laughs> Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. I'm Josh Bolin. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. We're housing chuckling cherry squeezes all the way through a game app today, talking about our playthroughs of Altered Beast on one Sega Genesis video game console. As for emulation disclosures, I played on Fusion via my PC with the standard Genesis controller piped in via USB adapter. Jay, how did you tackle it? I play it on OpenEMU on my Apple PC uh, with the standard uh, Genesis 6 button controller. Mm. Plugged in. We have one new review we must read, and it is on oh. iTunes from Baxter and Life. And I feel like this might be someone we know, Jay. The review goes as follows. Besides obvious nostalgia, I dig the laughs and fun that are consistently brought forth. So, thank you, Courtney. <laughs> and be part of the ISOH movement. Give us, give us validation on your podcast platform of choice in the form of rating or, or a rather a rating or review. And we'll read it on the pod as well. So what we're jamming on now? What are you jamming on now, Jay? So many games, man. <laughs> I mean, with the launch of, you know, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and I cannot S- believe that you said PS5 first there. <laughs> I, I always say Microsoft first. I figured I'd switch it up just so, you know, I'm obviously a homer, but, you know. <laughs> You're definitely a homer. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be. I mean, that, that's what pays the bills, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, man, with with that launch, just so many of those games. I mean, digging into Game Pass, like with the addition of EA Play, just wrapped into Game Pass instead of like a hundred some games. There's almost two hundred games now on Game Pass, and so like I texted you about it. But NBA Live nineteen, I it's it's surprising how good it is to me right now. And I, you know, it has the current rosters. You know, I was able to play the most recreate the most recent NBA championship game with the right rosters. So, and it it fixes all the things that we hate and bitch about NBA 2K. Like, actually, I can make layups with no problem. Like, the controls are responsive. Like, the players do what I want them to do. I can get blocks when I want to get blocks. It's does, it's just does, does Doc uh, fucking foul with twenty five seconds left? yes but no it's it's nuts because you know we always think of or at least i always think of nba live as like inferior to nba 2k and i know that's a fact because back maybe it was like nba you know maybe it was 15 or 16 but i had both versions and clearly live was just terrible and i was like nope i'm done like give me 2k but this time like it's just they they came up man it's, it was fun yeah honestly when you said NBA live there was uh, a solid moment of synapse activity where where my head was going i didn't even know they still made that several years ago myself i was surprised there was a 19 <laughs> yeah dude i think the last nba live i fucking had might have been like 96 <laughs> <laughs> 
I was about to say, I'm like, weren't we playing like 95? And that was like it. That was like my last one. <laughs> Until oh, like, yeah, those were NBA Lives, weren't they? Are you sure? No, no, those were that was 2K, dude, Are that you? we were playing on, on GameCube. Yeah. yeah. Those, were, those were 2Ks, okay. I think. Uh, Pretty sure, yeah. Maybe not. I fuck, it's a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's been a blast. And then Assassin's Creed Valhalla, man. It looks amazing on the Series X. Like... Yeah. It's sick. Like it's it's like obviously I played through Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Love that. It's like that to a much better level graphically. New story, like way blown out skill tree. Like you you have a settlement and you're building up. It's just it's a blast and it looks amazing. So I'm I'm a fan. But again, it's like a huge huge world to explore. Is that is that it's the same thing you just did, isn't it? Is that or is that a new one? It's a Viking one. So the other one, I was like in ancient Rome or ancient Greece. Sorry. Okay. So it is new. It's a totally new game. Oh, completely new game. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's not like a DLC. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, and not even DLC. Like, you know, it's like with Skyrim. I played Skyrim, the exact same game on three different fucking, you know, PS3, oh. PS4, <laughs> and PSVR. So, like, if a game's good enough and it's like that much more ramped up visually, like a human being will sit down and play the same game again. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> And that's kind of like this, only, you know, different story, different skins, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it's amazing. And, man, I I tried to figure out, like, okay, how many games do I talk about right now? But I figured the next game that I play with a lot of regularity outside of, of course, ESO with Courtney is Halo 5 Guardians. I mean, it's just, again, I've been playing it ever since we had that tournament, you know, at, at my company. And so it's just a lot of fun multiplayer pvp action whenever i sit down it's like a good i can play for 15 minutes i can play for 45 minutes it's not like a commitment and it's and i've got so good at it now that i'm actually winning matches and leading my team so now i'm even more so wanting to keep playing word word is that it is that it is that are you uh, able to curb your, do you have just like a stack of shit like how many the, how many launched how many titles are out already for that. I mean, there's just there's so many more that got added that I can play now that I couldn't. So like like Tetris Effect Connected is like the most amazing Tetris game I've ever played. Like it's far better than the one on the Switch. It's like visually and sound-wise, like my kids want to come in the room and sit down. They want me to play the game so they can watch me. Like it's that amazing of a game visually. Tetris. And music eyes. Like it's just it's nuts, man. Like I can't explain it. You just Although to... Tetris is I like I I like when that first was happening and, and Amy was playing the shit out of Tetris ninety nine. Like it's not I don't know, I can't explain it. Like it's it's not you don't watch it you're not you don't want to watch it in the way you would watch another game because it's like an entertaining visual thing. What you do is you sit and watch and like criticize in your head what you would do instead you know what i mean and like it's it's like oddly entrancing to sit and do that <laughs> at least that maybe uh, maybe i'm alone in that but that's that's what i do when i sit and watch someone play tetris uh or any sort of puzzle game like that i'm thinking in my head like what i would do and how it's different than what this is you know what i mean uh, oh yeah that's of course part of the fun sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. uh yeah you would love it man i'm telling you you would love it it's like i've been playing that game as well and like like what else have I have I been playing? Like I downloaded a bunch of games that I haven't even started to play yet. Like even the games that I can play now, like Jedi Fallen Order. 
that was a game I almost pl- like bought but didn't, and now it's part of EA Play, so now I can play it. So like I'm like that's on the list, but I haven't even touched it yet because I just don't have the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be the hardest thing about having a membership to any of those things is like, it's like, you know, I, I'll even the on Switch, the just the stupid NES and SNES emulators on there. Like, if I click on those to do them, it's, you know, uh, you're, you're not, at least in very rare cases, have I have I not just been looking to kill a few minutes, you know what I mean? And it's, it's the same, it's the same like thing with Netflix. Like, you, you know, you turn it on, you're like, okay, I'm going to watch something or in the case of the online switch online i'm gonna play something and you get there and there's just so many options you just sit and flip through the options forever and you never get anywhere <laughs> you know what i mean like that would be the problem with any sort of subscription service in my opinion uh is a <laughs> lack of of certainty of direction <laughs> yeah well see well that's why i don't even download the ones that i'm i know i'm not playing yet so like jedi not even downloading it yet so like i would have to actually go to that section yeah. and like <laughs> yeah. it, you know like I, it's not even in my radar yeah i just know it's there and one day I'll get to it. <laughs> it's like self psychological trick. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't do it fast enough. I won't do that now. <laughs> well, yeah. how how long? It doesn't have to. We don't have to say it on. You know, I understand there are uh, NDA uh, situations to this. But how long before you can start telling me when I can get the the new uh, Elder Scrolls? <laughs> <laughs> man well i need you to start fucking i don't give a shit who you gotta i'll pay you i'll give you money if you gotta like pay someone off i need, <laughs> I need intel and i need dates <laughs> if only it were like that i mean first of all the it's still like the acquisition is still not complete like you know it still have to go through all the legal things and all that to be fully complete so i i couldn't even yeah i couldn't even speculate but hopefully soon yeah, I, Hopefully <laughs> I, just, I saw something about it just flipping through Twitter the other day or something. And I was like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely something uh, I badly want in my life. Yeah, there, aren't, man. there aren't a lot of new games that I like have that like anticipatory thing going on with, but that is 1,000% one of them. Dude, I will, I will tell you, I've been excited about that myself. So I guess I can say it now, I, I guess legally. Like I had been able to test the series S. So like the slimmer, smaller version of the next gen Xbox console for like several months before launch. So like I've been like geeked on this thing for a while. And just like the idea, like when I would put my old games on there and play and see like the graphical difference, like the idea of like, okay, so what's coming now? Like, I want to see that next elder scrolls game. I want to see, you know, what's coming now. So yeah, Yeah, I'm sure, you know, yeah, I'm sure it was going to be fucking absolutely mind-blowing. <laughs> absolutely mind-blowing. Okay. What about you, man? What have you been jamming on these days? Well, uh, I had to make a movie, and then I'm heading right into another one. So I haven't played a whole lot other than very like short, kind of like you were describing about the Halo thing. Uh, and that's why I, I, th- this has been my, de- my default uh, recently. Uh, but Doom 2, you know, you can just play like short little sessions of it. And, the you know, there's no lengthy commitment you know if you fire it up so that's kind of nice well when time is short so yeah so i've been playing the shit out of that and i got to the last episode which is set in a like an urban city environment and i realized that when i started getting into those levels that i 
1000% had never put, seen this or played this as a kid. This is all completely new to me. And really? yeah, that was like, I did not expect to have any of those feelings replaying this game. I assumed that I had been through this fucker and back as a kid. So like, I didn't expect to see anything new and not the case. Yeah. So it's totally new environment. And of course, you know, I have no idea how to beat the levels or do any of this shit. And, you know, you're trying to get like, that game because it gives you that, com- that completion percentage at the end mm-hmm. with secrets and items and shit. So, you know, you're, uh, you're you're not geared to just fly through the levels. You're trying to find everything too, or at least I am. Because I'm a yeah, weird, you know. <laughs> so oh, like, assume, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm trying to you know, and I don't know any of that shit. So it's a totally new experience, and that you know makes it even cooler. And because I'm pretty sure this is the last uh, episode, anyways. I guess I don't know for sure, but uh, it I think it is. So it's of course hard as fuck too, you know. And like some of the I mean, I, I, was, I think I was describing on the last episode kind of how you some of those like just sprawling environments where the number of enemies is just completely overwhelming. You know, this is now that same thing on steroids in in these incredibly wide open city environments. You know what I mean? So it's like <sighs> it's not, you know, just not easy at all. <laughs> not easy <laughs> and, and super fun and super difficult. And yeah, again, I just can't cannot stress how surprised I am how the death aspect of it does not bother you. It's just like, fuck it, load, go again, let's go, try it again. <laughs> you know, just no hesitation, uh, which is, I don't know, you know, I don't know, a lot of the newer games I die in and I'm like, oh, fuck, that was fucking exhausting. Do I want to do that again? <laughs> but this, it's just like, it's, I don't know, it's instinct to just fucking fire it up again. Dude, because of you playing that, I might buy it because I looked this morning on the store, the Xbox store, and it's like their Black Friday sale. It's a dollar forty nine. Yeah, like, dude. I mean, they were five bucks, you know, whoa. max price on Switch. So yeah, I mean, dude. I, yeah, it's yeah. Like for a dollar fifty. Yeah, it's <laughs> could not be more worth it, man. Uh, it's such 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 a good game. Picking it up for sure. Yeah. And I, for the first, it's funny that I don't know. Maybe just so I would have something else to talk about here, like it's subconsciously a small part of it. But I, I had a little bit of time last night and. I uh, was, was sitting around uh, with my quasi-COVID uh, potential and not wanting <laughs> to just relax a little bit and <laughs> uh, fired up Paper Mario again. So I had been stuck on it's – it's the Ice Elemental Cave, which, of course, is going to be nothing new because you haven't played it. But it's the, the fourth uh, kind of like major skill tree that you acquire to tackle the game with. And I had been stuck in this – uh, the cave, like at the room right before the big battle against the ice elemental itself to acquire its power for probably, you know, a month, maybe ish, month ish. And a lot of that was just not having time. I didn't really play it, but still, you know, a month I, I, I had been at this one place and that I, you know, there aren't too many times I've been stuck in this game, really. It's got, it's, it's kind of like, you know, Mario is like, that's a funny thing that's good. It's like, it's challenging. It's, it's not so easy that you're bored or, you know, you don't feel patronized, but it is easy enough where you never really get stuck. It's a, it's a, it's a again, just a yet. In, uh, I constantly gush about Nintendo's aptitude with making video games. Like they just have, they've had the perfect fucking amount of resistance. They're able to put in these games. I feel <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I've been stuck too often with it, but yeah, there was like this sliding ice block puzzle. I had to, uh, I don't know, just get a little abstract with in my in my thinking to solve. And last night I finally pulled that off. So got to battle with Ice Elemental. And then the it's pretty fun, dude. The so the like the you know, there's 
the the structure of the narrative in the game is there's these paper streamers you know everything is kind of themed around paper and origami in the game of course given the name and so there's like the 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 major battle of the game or the major narrative goal of the game is to unwrap these streamers that have entombed princess peach's castle right and Mm -hmm. and and they come from like all over the land from these these places that they've originated and kind of what you're doing is you're like following the streamers to their source and then you have to acquire one of these elemental powers and they allow you, they give you the tool you need to defeat the boss that kind of oversees that paper streamer. And in each case, the major bosses have been, they're like office supplies, (laughs) you know, because it's paper, right? So like I I had to fight like a, a three hole punch at one point and the one that was, was, was guarding the purple streamer that's after the ice elemental is a, scotch tape dispenser and then uh it actually has a a, a two-tier this is the first one that had like a two-tier thing to to it you like you had to defeat the dispenser and then that unleashed the scotch tape roll on its own and you had to fight the scotch tape roll you know and you know first of all just cute and cool and and and, and fun i guess but they you know I've, I've i've also gushed about that battle system a number of times and just how fucking cool it is and how engaging it can it can get you into what aren't you know rpg battles that are normally just button pushing you know without right. much skill to them but they just you know i'm fucking I'm over halfway into the game now and i've been through a million of these things and they especially for the bosses they just every time they have a new thing that they implement into those battles that makes you have to think a little harder and and changes up you know any uh, tactic or skill you might have acquired in previous versions of it so yeah just the fucking battle system is just so impressively done in it um and and they just add a new puzzle layer every time you have to fight a new boss and it's fucking very cool and again like i beat them both the first time but they're like the 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 elemental and the the streamer boss in this Mm -hmm. case i beat them both in the first try through i didn't even die but well i had a have a one up the one time so i actually did die and it just like brings you back to life so i guess i kind of did die on the on the tape dispenser but anyways like you know it's just again it's like even though i didn't have to do it over and like that's kind of maybe i don't know the testament to difficulty to some degree but like it's just it's still like they're long involving battles that still make you feel like you accomplished something even though i didn't die while i was doing it you know and i don't know that's just phenomenal game design phenomenal game design and um yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I'm definitely over halfway through it, so maybe I'll have it done by the next time we talk on this fucking thing, and that kind of makes me a little bit sad, the idea of it being <laughs> But I am ready to get to Baldur's Gate 2 also. Or Bal- I guess the first Baldur's Gate, so that's still my, my goal after this. Well, so, you, you, is that a Switch game? The Well, Baldur's Gate is that that's the RPG I was saying. It's I, I think it's cross... I, I'm almost sure it's cross-plat... Well, it's got to be cross-platform. It's just it's too big of a game. Uh, and, and I also think I've heard uh, the, I think I mentioned I heard the the Franken Culture Boys talking about it on on one of their pods. So I'm I'm pretty sure they're Xbox guys. So I'm pretty sure it's on Xbox. <laughs> so yeah, so that's the next thing. Uh, yeah, so that's what we're fucking jamming on now. Let's talk about Altered Beast on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> That was 
the round one werewolf theme bringing us into this great great game <laughs> it's great do we think it's great <laughs> i'm just kidding I, I, t to be determined yeah tbd tbd <laughs> well the synopsis of this game however good it may be goes as follows it is the time of gods and myths and legends when men were warriors and courageously fought unnatural enemies in the endless battle of good against evil it is the time of the altered beast Summoned by Zeus, god of thunder, you have been awakened from the dead to challenge the wicked Neph, god of the underworld, for the fate of Athena. And Athena is no ordinary girl. She is the daughter of Zeus and must take her rightful place among the gods if only you can free her from place of imprisonment. So I like the story. I like yeah, the story. Gotta admit it. Dude, the copywriting in general, like I, I, I will praise it many, many times over throughout this little talk, man. It's fucking... They... they some time and some money was spent on writing the shit. It was not just thrown in, a, in, a, in an instruction book, but like so many video game <laughs> you know, <laughs> copywriting situations for sure. Yeah. So, uh, what kind of what kind of game? What kind of game is this, Jay? This is a side-scrolling beat 'em up with you know a little platforming thrown in for fun. I, I, I can only think of one instance. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, and I had no idea. We would get, I guess, get there. I, I had no idea how to deal with it <laughs> when I encountered it. Which apparently. is hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it was released on August 14th, 1989, just four days before my birthday. Woot. And there are zero other interesting happenings on this particular day. So not a lot to talk about about the current events aspect of that date they're right here waiting for you by richard marx was number one on the billboard top hundo and the top grossing film at the box office that day was a steve martin comedy called parenthood which looked totally unfamiliar to me uh, i don't know does that movie at all mean anything to you i've definitely seen that movie and parenthood too <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it, part of that, a, a big part of that probably actually is that Steve Martin, I don't know. Other than planes, trains, and automobiles, there's not a lot of Steve Martin shit that I really enjoy all that much. To be told. Yeah, this yeah. was like, I feel like this had a lot of other people in it, like a bunch of kids and stuff. So it was like, it was him, but it was a lot, a lot of other people too. So it made it a lot more interesting. Like it wasn't kind of, even though clearly he's the headliner. But, well, but. you know, being top gross at the box office suggests that, you know, they probably did okay. Uh, or did a good job rather with marketing and you know being that we were kids it could have easily been like a family movie that kids got taken to see you know what I mean? yeah if, if i remember correctly like the dude that played superman in smallville um was in it okay at the height of his like fandom i guess could be wrong somebody will correct me <laughs> Uh, someone will. If there's, if there's anything you can bet on with the internet, it's getting corrected. The <laughs> well, wait, any other than the Parenthood uh, links to this, are there? Is there any notable history that you can that you're able to dig up? Yeah. So developer Makato Uchida took inspiration from Altered Beast from Michael Jackson's Thriller. I mean, great place to take inspiration, and also the movie The Howling. You know, so I'm thinking like in the transformations. You know. Right. Well, but we, also, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, well, we had the, I can't remember what the uh, individual's name was on, on the Facebook page, but they were saying that they ripped that sound thing straight from American Werewolf in London, too. So, yeah, oh, yeah. Of, wow. Very interesting. You yeah, know, a lot, of, a lot of cinematic influences, I suppose. 
<laughs> also supposedly contains Easter eggs from Alex Kidd and Shinobi. Did you happen to notice them while playing by chance? I did not. No, not that I mean, I guess neither of those were big franchises in my in my life. So maybe I could have glossed over. Do you know what did you have what they are exactly? No, not at all. That's why I was kind of I was thinking the same thing. Like I, I didn't really play Alex Kidd too much. And then right. Shinobi, I there was nothing that stands out about that game if it wasn't like a ninja. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So. And like it was like the the freaking sparkle, you know, horses being like ninjas. I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. It's, it's pro- in, my best guess, anyways, would be that yeah, there are enemies that hark to the enemy sets of those games. But yeah, I don't know either of those games anywhere near well enough to be able to pick that shit out. So yeah. But interestingly, like most interesting to me. Um, so apparently there were some planned features that the developer Uchida that I mentioned, uh, didn't get the chance to actually implement like specifically a pressure, a pressure sensitive button. So Uh I, I guess like, you know, talks with the patent owner of the button, like fell through. So like half of his planned character actions had to be removed. And so he said Uh like, yeah, so he said because of that, you know, that caused players to tire of this game quickly which i think we can pretty much agree is probably you know part of this but i'm just wondering like man i wonder what he planned with a pressure sensitive button and other things like how much more complex he was trying to make this game you know all right well shit if you hold you know that's how we learned that you hold or i learned i should say <laughs> in our in our co-op that like if you hold the c you get a, a better jump so that's kind of a little bit of that to some degree I you know I played through the whole fucking game and didn't notice that I could do that so like that's you know <laughs> but yeah that's interesting because yeah I mean yeah, it 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 does and controls in particular I would say are kind of um, for a beat 'em up it's just a little there's just not enough variance there really to to keep it interesting in my opinion yeah so that would have helped I'm sure okay well. Uh, as far as uh, artwork and cover art and shit go, the the cover art is is absolute fire, <laughs> literally and 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 figuratively. It's, it's a yeah, it's it's a huge step up and in the direction of badass from the like the I would call it the much more cartoony arcade cabinet art for this game. So that that's cool, and I applaud that. I'm I'm always uh, I don't know I like realism more than I like the opposite of that i guess (laughs) so that was cool and and i want to say i want to say this is is an oil painting the like the 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 art style uh but again i'm I'm no expert in that in that department but that's that's what i would call that that art style that that illustration style and it is a ripped werewolf in a very fiery looking environment some despicable looking beasts in the background behind him and this actually made me think of speaking of cinematic things and and werewolf movies and shit. This made me think of Jim Cummings' new movie that I just watched on Halloween, which very festively it's called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. And I just as a, a random recommendation, I highly highly recommend it. It's great flick. Da- it dances around some like it, it like it markets itself very intelligently as a werewolf movie. And I don't know if it really technically maybe is, but there's enough there to, to certainly be interesting and Halloween themed, no question. It's not like misleading. 
Very good. Very funny. And his first flick, Thunder Road, is is an amazing Sundance alum, and I highly recommend that as well. So if you haven't huh. seen either of those movies, I would recommend them both. Thunder Road and The Wolf of Snow Hollow. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. I have not, but I'm definitely taking note. And the manual is 26 pages with covers. It's in our show notes, as they always are, if you would like to take a look at it. And it has full-color covers with the black thatch Genesis pattern going on. That is, I don't know, even though it's just the, uh, what do you call that, the the opposite color scheme of something, even though it's just the opposite of that the white thatch that we clowned on nonstop for the last year <laughs> for the Sega Master System. It's somehow still cooler. I don't know. But the interior pages are black and white. And as far as notable shit within goes, the option screen is described on page seven. And there's a few things in here. So it says, in order to increase your chances for winning, an option screen is provided to let you change standard game settings. And who doesn't love to increase their chances of winning? <laughs> you know, right? And it also says here, you have to hold B while pressing start to bring this up. It says, and there's no on-screen instructions to do this, like on the in the game. I mean, you know, I mean, yes, if you go to the instruction manual, read this, sure, but like, you know, I don't know. To find the option screen of a game, I feel like there should be something fucking there on the the screen when the game turns on, for sure. You know. Yeah, uh, I had no idea this was the option screen. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. Like yeah, a secret hidden screen. <laughs> right, precisely. Yeah. And yeah, if you didn't read the manual, you just never know. And you know, we even went on further to say, like, I, I would, you know, they. Well, I guess just what it is, you can here you can change the number of lives you start with, as well as like the level to start from, and you can change the number of uh, health units you have, and know, there might have been a music demo on there too. I don't know. There's a, a four or five different little option things you can choose from, but they do not explain in the manual or on screen that after you go to this option screen. You know, you hit start and you go back to the just the it like kind of almost soft resets and goes back to the title screen just as if you turn the machine on. And if you do not, you have to hold A when you press start to begin the game, or none of the changes that you enacted in that option menu screen will have stuck. Basically, you know, it'll just restart it like you didn't even go to the options or it'll start the game rather like you didn't even go to the options screen. And I mean, fuck, who the fuck? <laughs> like, how would you possibly know to do that? Like, the, the only way because, you know, I I didn't find I found this out by. Failing a number of times to continue on level five after dying, you know, like I like basically I'd got, I went into level five with only like two health units and out of lives. So even though I was safe scumming. I had safe scum myself into a dead end basically because the I did, just didn't have enough life to last through that fucking level. So I was just trying to use the after I died without resetting or, or loading. I was just trying to fucking use the option screen and take me back to level five and, and, and do it there. And I couldn't make it fucking happen. So I started looking at videos and stuff. And yes, they explained in one, a video I looked at that you have to do this A thing, hold A, then hit start. And like, how the I mean, just how the fuck in the, a million years would you ever know to do that? You know, Dude, uh, of course. I mean, yeah, you know I had trouble. Mine would my game wouldn't even let me do that. It wouldn't even take it. So <laughs> that's fucked. that's super fucked up. I don't even know what yeah. to say about that. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I so I I played the game through you know level three, starting level four, 
but my version said like Juoki at the at the top or something. Like it didn't even say Altered Beast. And I was like, why are these not working? Like, do I have the wrong version? This is the only version I have. So then like I had to go and we'll talk about it later and like re-download a different complete version. It still wouldn't take, but at least I could give myself more lives this time. So that part worked somehow. I didn't have to like hold A. It wouldn't let me change the level, but at least I got that like give myself five lives to start. So you're, you're telling me that like part of the option screen worked for you, but not. Yeah. What the fuck, man? That's got to be just some emulator shit. Is my own, I mean, that's fucking weird. <laughs> at, least <sighs> I didn't, at least I didn't need it. Like at least this was not a game that required me to like save, you know, right. to continue. For sure. So page eight in the manual is titled one player versus two player. And that's how I learned this game was a two-player co-op game. <laughs> like, read the manual. like I, I would never have guessed. There's like the, the game, even though it's arcade, and I guess you know in hindsight it has the two scores at the top of the screen. I just never would have noticed that though. I don't think you know if I if I hadn't read the manual front to back, I don't think I would have even known that we could co-op this bitch. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad that was in there because obviously co-op is cool. That's why we did it uh, eventually once we had done our playthrough so we'll talk about that later but page nine explains the spirit balls and transformations which is probably the coolest part about this game so i thought it worth reading and you encounter three-headed wolves that upon death release spirit balls and picking these up advances you through a three-step transformation process and the first one you pick up makes you this is how it describes it exactly the first one you pick up makes you a giant man the second a superman and the third you're the altered beast. So highly descriptive explanations of what happens there. But, you know, we'll talk about them, how they actually look in the game once we are talking the playthrough. But <laughs> pages 12 through 21 are really, really great stage and enemy breakdowns. Did you so did you not at all look at this manual? No, I <laughs> I think I searched for the wrong thing. I think I searched for strategy guide instead of like or some other word instead of like the manual. So I didn't look at this specific, but I found like basically a digital version of this. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The fuck okay. I mean, the really, I mean, I, I love when these are well done, that the enemy and stage breakdowns, and the, these are great, great instruction manual fodder here in this case. So it has st stages one, two, and three get full two page spreads of enemies for the stage. And then each stage is defined by the, like it, it calls it. I think this is cool too. That's why we referred to the music track when we came into this segment the, the way we did each stage is defined by the altered beast you can become in it and that's fucking hot you know what i mean so round one is the werewolf round and round two is the weird dragon round round three weird bear round four weird tiger and round five gold werewolf and that's you know that's just very cool i think and each level has awesome black and white pencilings of enemies and bosses and the five bosses look particularly dastardly in here so i thought i'd Let's go through each one of those. There's Agar in the first stage, and he is a legless ooze pile. There's Octize, a multi-eyed plant kind of deal in stage two. There's the moldy snail, which is oddly described as part snail and part salamander for stage three. Stage four is crocodile worm, which doesn't look much like a, a worm at all, but rather kind of like a very fat crocodile with a fireball tummy right i'm like where's yeah. the worm part <laughs> right and lastly there's neff which makes me think of rocksteady from teenage mutant ninja turtles but naked <laughs> <laughs> and the bottom of page 21 has a few helpful hints and these are always funny i feel when they have this like a very brief 
<laughs> set of hints to give you in a game uh, in, in these manuals. But the hints are if the spirit balls float off the screen, they're gone for good. And that is a very true fact. And you can continue the game over screen. You can continue rather at the game over screen by holding A and pressing start. And it'll put you at the beginning of the stage you croaked in. And thank Jesus, SMS games were usually like not transparent at all about continue features. So even though I would end up safe scumming and not really needing this, and even as I described earlier, forgetting this, <laughs> it still made me happy to read it in the manual that it was like a very straightforward continue system. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. I'm sure that worked like it was supposed to on the actual system since it didn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And page 22 is a full page titled scorebook. And these are, this is really fucking cool. I, I loved this. It's five, four by three matrices for writing in date, name, and score data. You know what I mean? So just oh. like a, as opposed to just like a notes thing or a few lines or whatever it might be, it was like a very detailed table that you could fill out and that I, I I love those little fucking I don't know write in interactivity components of instruction manuals for you know the, the idea of kids engaging that it just makes me happy to no end. <laughs> it also encourages you to play it several times. Right. You know? <laughs> to track keep playing, keep coming back to it. Aptitude, no doubt. So let's move on to playthrough. <laughs> dragon theme bringing us into the playthrough and when you fire this bad boy up a really cool dilapidated stone mural with some greek mythology yeah, with some greek mythology vibes pops up on screen depicting your roman centurion facing off with a number of beasts a wolf biting his leg neff standing there with a woman on her knees behind him some other beasts uh, strewn about, if you will. <laughs> and the title treatment comes up, like comes screaming into the foreground, and the mural turns into a blue background, and the title turns red. So there's like a pretty impressive little opening here, in my opinion. And then it rips into a quick cinematic of up-close eyes. Like a uh, see you on, I'm guessing, the, your centurion's eyes as he turns into a weird beast. And then we get one of various demo play sequences on a range of levels from the game. And yeah, it's just all, I think, very solid leading material for a video game of the time, you know? Yeah, man. Sounds like we're about to go on an epic adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will on that pretty well. So, yes, round one is the werewolf level. And the stage starts. It appears to be a graveyard with some Greek architecture, like temple action going on. And there are blue skies and sun, very nice weather, and quite a bit of religious imagery littering the joint just to contrast Sega of America's pack-in title priorities against a Nintendo of America one. <laughs> and the since they took the time to write them at Sega, I thought I would read the manual descriptions of each of these levels because they have a nice little bit of copy for each, each round, and that's cool. So round one takes place at the Acropolis at Hades, where Zeus has awakened you from your grave. Here you will be attacked by various nefarious creatures, destroy the three-headed wolves, capture the omnipotent spirit balls, and you'll be transformed into a snarling, shredding werewolf. And that's great. <laughs> that's great copywriting for to open the game with. So fantastic job on their behalf. And the, so yeah, so as they just described happens, you get like a little bit of an animation of exactly that uh, like as you 
an old bearded white dude, presumably Zeus, with a with a crystal ball appears as an overlay on screen with the text. And it's the only time this happens in the game. I thought that was kind of weird that they didn't. I don't know. I don't know that you just didn't have more of these like messages from Zeus or something. But anyways, so he comes on screen and he says, "I command you to rise from your grave and rescue my daughter." You know, and you actually get the sound the digitized voice cue of that like i rise from your grave rise from your grave which is pretty, yeah. pretty fucking awesome and then that that the a gravestone that reads stella which is i don't know what that is about exactly oh wait is that his daughter's name uh that's a great question i have no idea right yeah so yeah the, the gravestone reads stella and it comes jutting up out of the ground and a lightning bolt hits it and explodes and that reveals your sprite and that's how your dude comes to be you know or gets risen from from his grave rather and he is this individual the centurion is a scantily clad white dude just a little one piece that he has on that covers his nuts and nipples basically and and and, and some some calf high leather boots so that's that's who you're rolling with in this game and you then can get acclimated with your controls in the hud and we have a lives remaining counter with a little bust of your dude next to it in the top left and your score above it. And I think it's it's cool that that little bust changes as your transformations do, you know what I mean, in the game. So when you become yeah. the werewolf, that little icon becomes the werewolf. And that's a really cool little attention to detail, I think. Leave yeah. that requisite on their behalf. And you also have a life meter at the bottom of the screen. And if you didn't tweak that option menu at all before you started or had no idea how to, probably more <laughs> aptly, you, you are going to start with three blue capsules for your life. And it's kind of interesting. I was never really able to. Were you, do you, were you able to, like, glean a defined system for how your energy depletes in this game? Not at all. Sometimes <laughs> you would get hit and you would lose an entire, like, capsule. Sometimes you would get hit and it would shade you go from like yellow to orange right. to red i'm like wait maybe it just depends on like who they are and how much damage you sure, know yeah but yeah there was yeah there was no way to, like you know but you don't need to know yeah yeah it would be nice to be able to because that's part of you know beating on those beat them ups and stuff you know you usually have like a very defined life meter and you can you know it, it's part of the strategy to you know how willing you are to approach a certain way or approach a certain battle or, or encounter and mm -hmm. like how aggressive you want to be is often dependent on what your resources are you know what i mean so yeah. for that to be so fuzzy was a little frustrating i think you know what i mean yeah i just took it as you know try not to get hit at all <laughs> under any circumstances yeah, well, sure. yeah that, that's that's the that's the that's the base fucking, uh, strategy of course but it would be nice to be able to have a little bit more strategy to it than that agreed yeah. it, it took me a while to get used to the controls at first man like mainly the kick and the directions like the fact that you could that when you kick sometimes when you squat down like you kicked up instead of like a sweep type of thing so right yeah very wonky to me at first especially with the genesis controls the three button Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. A, but you know, if you're just standing there, a punches, B kicks the kick, I would say, you know, that this isn't definitely not always the case with a beat em up game like this. That's on the more simplistic side. The kick doesn't always. So a lot of times are the same thing as far as like distance and damage goes. And, you know, that's uh, the fact that there was some variance and the kick went a little further, at least in my opinion, anyways. Yeah. 
is is often a gross oversight <laughs> that you don't get. So golf clap to Sega for for having that variance be there. And then C jumps, and you can both punch and kick while in the air. And that I would learn later. I didn't I didn't use this as much as I should or should have probably early on. I would learn later, and I think it was in the fifth stage actually, like when you have to to be able to beat. Otherwise, the enemies take too many hits and you're, you're going to get walloped pretty bad, you know. So the jump kick definitely did more damage than a standing kick, which is appropriate. Wow. Should. Nice. But yeah, you mentioned it too. There's a little bit of a, a weird, unique uh, attack mechanic in this that when you, you crouch down, you can do both. But the kick doesn't, yes, it doesn't attack the way your character is facing, he goes down onto his back and kicks straight up in the air. And, you know, not only is this, this a capability you have, but it is a very important attack mechanic to deal with the flying enemies, you know, because they all basically kind of, and, and kind of lamely, I would say, really, they don't necessarily have a swooping motion to them. They all kind of like just float across the very top of the screen. And once they're directly above you, they kind of just—it almost looks like they're like the the, the early the, the the those flying yellow dragons in particular that are in the first stage. They like they don't even—it's not even like a smooth descent. It's like it looks almost like a jittery, glitchy kind of thing. You know, it doesn't have like a smooth animation for descending above you. And yeah, they they come they come directly down on top of you, and the only way you can deal with them basically because they're coming directly down is above you is to do this thing where you go down on your back and kick straight up in the air, you know? And, and that's what would kill me multiple times because like, I would be like trying to think about doing something else like the sweep or try to punch. I ended up, it's funny you say that because I, for the most part with those dragons that would like fly down, I would try to just jump up somewhere and like punch them before they had the chance to like uh-huh. get to me. Yeah, see, I didn't know I could fucking jump that high, so that was not it didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, that should be mentioned here too, even though I, I I didn't learn it until our co-op game. But yeah, if you hold C, it jumps much higher, and you can get up onto those higher up well, platforms. Well, it's if you hold up and C. Oh, sorry. Yeah, see, I can't. Yeah. I didn't even have it committed to memory. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> Very useful though, man. Like you, you definitely missed out and made some things harder on yourself. Like <laughs> for sure. I told you, dude. That fucking that stage. <laughs> I guess it's three where you have the one platforming instance in the whole game, technically, where there's a a gap you have to get over. Like, I, and that really, that's not platforming because you just have to change the level you're on. You can't. There's no way to jump. At least I don't think that gap that you have to yeah. get over on the upper platforms. So even that's not platforming, really. I guess. Um, yes. So the you know I, you know that. There's also when you the controls have more variance when you start transforming into weird shit, but you know we'll yeah. talk about that as they come because each one has its own unique control set. So that you know that's the whole schabo for for your base sprite basically, and just in it, yeah. Generally speaking, I would say they could, like they're a little stiff. The, the the controls generally are a little stiff, and, and I think the the place where that rears its head the most and worst is when you're trying to make a quick turn to defend yourself from something that unexpectedly charges from the direction you're not currently facing. You know what I mean? And yeah. that being one of the primary, if not the primary, way this game tries to get at you try you know what i mean that tries to keep you off balance and really attack you is things coming from both sides 
you know, that is not the best attribute or the best failure for a arcade arcade style beat em up to have, in, in my opinion. You know, and that has a lot to do with why I think the controls are one of its less than good points. Yeah, God, I agree. God, I agree. Yep. So back to the level. Proceeding on in this baby, you immediately are presented with grunts, as you are in a beat 'em up, and slow feet. They're called, is, is what the, the initial enemy you're enco- you encounter is called, and I and the manual description slow for these. Feet. Yeah, that's what they're called, dude. The, a lot of the enemy, you yeah, will get into it. A lot of the enemy names are, I don't know, you know, from one direction you could say they're they're lazy maybe, but I also think like they're creative to some degree and unique, and that even if it stems from laziness, I think <laughs> kind of worked out in, in, a, in a beneficial way, in an interesting way that you know, didn't, didn't have to be the case for, again, kind of a very straightforward beat-em-up where story maybe wouldn't normally be the focus, you know what I mean, for, yeah. for a developer. So, so yes, yeah, so the manual description for these are zombies of the lowest rank. They burst into pieces when destroyed. And there is another very similar enemy that you encounter early on, too, called Headless Whores, and, and they're pretty common. The description for those is they carry their heads in their hands and punch with dangerous ac- dangerous accuracy. And basically, these are just slow feet, but headless, you know, and they, they'll yep. throw their head at you. And you're also quickly confronted by your first three-headed wolf, and it runs down off some large destructible stones that you, uh, onto your head. And this is where it, it kind of, you know, even before you encounter a flying enemy, it teaches you, at least optimally anyways, to use that vertical crouch kick. And... I always commend this in games where you were kind of getting an in-game tutorial at the kickoff of the first level. You know what I mean? To, uh, of something you'll that's very important to your strategy in the game. You know, and it, it encourages you to learn and use that. So I think that is, is is worth commending. And this also means that you get your first spirit orb come up opportunity, and it its appearance here this the first instance of it is combined with some slow feet grunts, like it like basically where you probably most optimally kill that wolf the orb that comes out of it uh, it's like float uh, it's erratic float pattern Mm -hmm. takes it into where those slow feet grunts are and that is something that this game does a lot of like trying to muck up your chances of getting the orbs because that's also one of the big ways of presenting difficulty in this game is is and, and I wouldn't really, you know, I wasn't sure of this until I played the game for a while. But, like, these stages loop until you get all three orbs. You know what I mean? And, until you become the weir creature. So, like, this, you know, the stages can go indefinitely if you do not get the orbs. So, Dude, I, yeah. I did not know that at first. And so, like, the very first time that I was just kind of messing around, like... I definitely fought through the stage like three times, <laughs> like on the third, you know, on the third appearance of Neff, I finally like fought him because I had the full, I had all three, but like before I didn't know, you know, orbs would float away. I was just getting hit. Like the orb would come and I would get hit and the orb would float, float away. And I was just, I thought it was something optional at first. Cause I didn't read the manual again. I, I forgot the word manual and I just, I was like, all right, you know, alter beast strategy guide. And I was just like, all right, these are the controls. This is, this is the story. This is great. I'm going to jump in. And so, yeah, <laughs> it took me a while. Then I realized, wait a minute, that's not how this works at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it'll just fucking loop. And loop. Yeah. You'll like encounter Neff. He'll come in. And if you don't have it, he won't 
transform. You know what I mean? You'll just come in and do. We'll talk about it when we get there. But like, yeah, it, it will definitely just keep going and going and going. And yeah, the first time <laughs> I played it too, even reading the manual because it doesn't. It, it it says that in the manual, but it it's not clear enough for you to really understand that until it happens to you and you kind of get the idea like oh because yeah you almost all i not, shouldn't say almost you always have the opportunity in every all five of these levels to get three orbs before the first time you see neth so if you're like if you are highly efficient and aggressive mm-hmm. in your acquisition of those babies you won't have to do you'll only see neth once you know what i mean so yep. that's kind of like the, the perfect run of this game is absolutely to have it uh, before you see Neff the first time, you know, for sure. So if you you can manage to pick that that baby up, the first orb, the your, your first transformation does occur, and the hit like <laughs> like the transformation. It's it says there's it says something doesn't it? it has a a voice cue for that too. I think I can't think of what it was offhand, but so yeah. So whatever whatever happens sound, well, there's definitely something that happens sound wise, and then. As far as the animation goes on screen, your little the little one piece that I described rips as he swoles up, and and, and now the he basically just his nuts are covered, so his nips come out. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, as far as how this affects your mechanics, your attack ability ramps up on on both the kick and punch fronts. It's now there's like a a burst like a, a very short range burst of energy that extends out from your hand and foot when you when you use when you do the A and B attacks and the uh, a little bit of range is very helpful for sure uh, to keep. Okay, so that's cool. And just a few grunts later, you can cop your second orb. And the animation for this is he, he swells up even more, kind of to like a Schwarzenegger level, I would call it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. like a very, a, a very top-heavy, you know? Now he has a six-pack. He's right. very broad. Yep. Yeah, so it, I would say, would you? I don't know if you agree with this, it, it seemed to speed him up a little bit too, you know? Yeah, like it's I, overall improved in every way. Right. Yeah. And he, I would. I think the attacks are probably a little more powerful. So there's, uh, you know, there's. It, it's not uh, meaningless to have this intermediary step between base and and the the full transformation. And right after that, it, it, like again, the way I'm right, wrote these notes out. This is my first time through. I did not do it right. So I was only to level two of the transformation when I first encountered Neff, the demon God. And <laughs> he is so like what he comes on screen, uh, like uh, he appears at far screen, right. And he's like a, a pale skinned, bald headed dude in a purple cape. And I think he does. He says, he say something when he first appears. No, I feel like he just like zaps and zaps and zaps. And then he just is gone. No, doesn't he say, he says that meet your doom or you'll meet your doom or something welcome to your doom god damn I, I, thought he, that I thought he only says it when uh after you like when he's ready to transform into a boss and fight you oh uh, maybe, maybe that's possible okay so yeah whatever so he, he appears at far screen right and he stands still and he shoots a short range intermittent lightning bolt spread attack and <laughs> you don't have like like if, if you do not if he doesn't transform i mean because you're not transformed you really you don't have to engage him here at all like ideally you optimally you just go to the far side of the screen just wait for him to he won't he doesn't encroach he doesn't move he stays screen right the whole time so you can just wait for him to disappear basically if he's not going to transform and like they often like i in this case they they try to entice you even that kind of mechanic i mentioned earlier they have a spirit orb that appears in the area his lightning attack is going on in this so if you've gotten those first two 
it's worth timing <laughs> just jumping right. into his fucking lightning to get that that ball if that's where you killed it you know and you can get your werewolf transformation so which is what i did on our playthrough <laughs> right. yeah so yeah the so uh, yeah the this if you do get that once you get that third ball that you get the transformation animation and it's probably the thing this game is most known for and most and most iconic from it you know like with next to no experience playing this game as a kid i was still completely aware of this imagery you know what i mean yeah the, the, the transformation thing it's it's uh it cuts to it's a full screen cutscene it's letterboxed with like a, a two three five widescreen film look so the black bars above and below the image and it it's a close-up of your sprite's face as he transforms into the beast in kind of a like a very jump cutty manner, I would call it. And there's red flames all around his face, you know. So it's it, it's just a flat-out fucking awesome animation, <laughs> and it's kind of I would call it Sega's signature move early on in the life system. Like that is the most iconic thing that Sega had going for it in this first wave of of of, of game releases, you know. Oh, uh, well, yeah, because we still remember to this day, and I never even owned a Sega. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, yeah, they, they, we frequently shit on marketing on their on their end. Yeah, I guess maybe you know, that, maybe that's not really even a marketing thing, though. Like I, like I said, there are, I couldn't find any commercials of this or anything. So, like, part of, you know, it, it's just such a good development job, maybe uh, more so than even marketing, you know. But mm-hmm. whatever the case, very cool. Yeah, it... it I don't know. It could have just been my excitement about finally starting in on this system that kind of, in essence, defined my late preteen and early teenage life. But at this stage, when I was doing the playthrough, I was enjoying this game so fucking much immediately. <laughs> it's like I, was, I don't know. I was having more fun doing a game for a game episode than I was had than I had had in a while. I think for this pod, and, and that was that was very cool to me. So, I I will say I got a. I think I have to agree because I, I started it and like, even though, yeah, it took me around like a minute or two to, <laughs> to actually get my full transformation when I played it by myself, like I beat the boss the first time without trying and I was, but I was just kind of like, oh, I beat the level. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, like, like I liked playing as the, the, you know, this big guy, you know, this is awesome. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. So yeah, so now yeah, once you do your transformation, you are the werewolf, and that changes the game substantially. The punch button now produces a fireball projectile, and the B kick button initiates a dash move that takes you like, like barreling across the screen as what I would call pure energy <laughs> that like vapes anything in your path. You know, it's pretty pretty fucking lit. And Neff, if you are the werewolf. His transformation, like it's the same thing every time. He he turns into a huge cloud of smoke, like a pillar of smoke, floor to ceiling, and then it reveals the actual boss of the level. Level. So we get our first boss battle here, and this is, as I mentioned, going through the instruction booklet. The name is Agar, and the description of this thing is a huge legless monster with endless giant beads, which he'll rip off and continue throwing until you're defeated, and. This thing, and they all... No, that's a lie. Never mind. This thing stays stationary at screen right two, and it fires out a, a pretty rapid succession of giant head projectiles that float out at the top of the screen and then float down in, at least in my initial experience, what I perceive to be random places on screen. 
So as far as like tactics to approach this with, you know, I, I thought, uh, you know, I, I thought those things could fall anywhere. So there was no safe place, basically. So my uh, way to counteract that was just to werewolf kick dash the, the fuck out of this thing. Because <laughs> like you see, I seem to be, or it seemed to me that your sprite is invincible when in the midst of that dash, you know what I mean? So I figured that was probably an optimal way to attack this thing. And yeah, I mean, I, I was just, I, I assumed in most cases with bosses, like you're hitting the head, you know, that's usually what your target is with any boss in, in most games. So I thought I had to be up high, you know, to do damage to it, even with that dash. So doing that, you have a moment where you're not, like, if, if you raised up off the ground like that, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do the attack again until you hit the ground. So basically by doing it the way I was doing it, I created a moment of vulnerability for me yeah. while I fell after hitting its head and falling down to the base of it. And that basically led to me actually dying on this fucking thing <laughs> on the first boss. Oh. Because, yeah. Cause I just, you know, I, I approached it in probably the dumbest way possible. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, that's a very interesting uh, technique. Like, I would have, uh, like, I just p- kind of jumped and would projectile him and try to get it where it would hit the heads and him at the same time. You know what I mean? And then I would just try to uh, fall and just avoid, like, run to wherever there's not a head falling, you know? Right, right. So it was very much like jab, 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 move, 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 jab, 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 move, move, move. <laughs> yeah. That one, well, I, so I, I reloaded and I just started doing the dash thing at ground level, just back and forth and like total spam fashion, dude. It was, I was just spamming the fuck out of it. And this doing that because it never left a moment of vulnerability, it would even wipe out the head projectiles as they fell to the ground. So, I mean, literally all danger was eliminated. <laughs> That's, I'd be the second time around that way, just spamming it. So, nice. Yeah, we did it. I, I was telling you, and we did it in our co op, but. I also watching. We'll get to the uh, the our, our promo commercial break for this thing. But there was a I noticed a tactic while watching that during their segment on on this game. And basically, the there's that there's a gap in where those heads will fall, a, a sprite length or two away from the boss, mm-hmm. like your sprite length or two away from the boss, and you can basically just stand there. And the projectiles will not hit you. They will fall on on either side of you. And you can just keep jumping up and shooting the fireballs in that one spot and, and also just spam it with no danger whatsoever to you. So, uh-huh. yep, a couple easy tactics that you can do for this. Either way, it's, you know, it's first boss form. It's not terribly expensive or difficult, rather expensive. Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know. I, I would say maybe 15 deaths or 15 hits or so it took to kill this fucker and when it dies a beam of white light appears from the floor to ceiling in its place and the words round clear bonus appear as you score some bonus points and neff's prick head like the the the, the pasty humanoid type looking head floats up from the ground in the light beam it hovers mid screen and then laughs maniacally as the three spirit balls are ripped from your hero and this turns your sprite back into your base centurion look, and the spirit balls 
fly at him and then down into the the hole the hole below him and then his head floats back down off screen and the light beam starts to dissipate going like from sky back down to the ground and your sprite runs over and jumps down into the hole just before it appears with the or disappears rather with the light so that little animation happens each and every time you beat a boss aim and then it cuts to an all purple hue screen and there is an orb center mass showing an image of Neff with a stranglehold on Athena. So yeah, that's her name, not Stella. So who the fuck is Stella? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> yeah, Zeus's daughter. So that's it's it's the same image you see as part of the. I think it's part of the title sequence, maybe, or when you start the game. Uh, and these change after each level too. So you have a different one of these. I posted a, most of them. I think maybe all of them on our socials as I was playing through. So that's, that's kind of a, a cool small variance that I don't know, help tell the story, I guess, even though we're not even sure what was happening to most of them. <laughs> right. This one I liked, this one was really cool. Yeah. Great. And then you begin round two, which is the weird dragon level and a cave setting comes on screen and our nameless centurion jumps up from below off screen and then like lands on the, plane that you play the level in and it's time to party again and the manual description for this is inside a dark and dank cave you've begun the descent into the underworld now a barrage of even more loathsome creatures will be called on to attack you but with the power of the spirit balls you'll take flight as flame-throwing weird dragon and yeah man this this is where i wrote down like this copy is really well written and like you know someone got paid for these this was not some thrown together intern scribbled bullshit <laughs> you know what i mean like, <laughs> someone who could write was tasked with writing these and got paid to do so i think and that's cool so the enemies here are indeed more loathsome there are round leeches the description for those is watch your head they'll latch on and suck your energy away and the, the the purple slimes is what they look like to me. And I, I believe these are the ones you said you hated, if I recall oh, correctly. Yeah. So annoying. I, I figured out you have to time them, you know what I mean, to destroy them before they have the opportunity to, like, latch onto your head. So annoying, though. Yeah. Got to like, shake them free if they get onto you. And there are chicken stingers. <laughs> these are, this might be the most interesting of any of the enemies in the game, uh, as far as the illustration and descriptions go, but names as well. But so these are described as having slashing poison tails. These monsters are difficult to reach. And yeah, I mean, I would say both the illustration and the sprite for these are pretty fucking wild looking. Dude. <laughs> they're like, right? yeah, they're chicken. They have chicken beaks and kind of birdie looking faces they have two legs that look they look like they're turkey legs or chicken legs but backwards you know right like yeah Dude. pointing out yeah and then they have a devil's tail coming out like a very stock like children's costume devil tail with a little pointed tip at the end you know, uh, uh, coming out of the back of them. And that is their attack mechanic. They will like whip, they'll like walk up to you and whip that at you leg level, you know? So if dude, literally, so yeah, I mean, we were trying to start this segment and I was just fucking my phone waiting for you to, uh, sort life out there. And I was, <laughs> I had just cross posted, like I, I posted this illustration on our side, read it and shit. And I had cross posted it before we started here earlier. And someone had, I was checking it and someone had commented on this that smelling 1716 said that these are both in this game and golden axe and so that this oh. exact enemy were was used in two kind of like 
early iconic Sega titles, you know. So it's uh, I don't know that the idea that they would just kind of <laughs> you know use assets from from similarly themed games just as like <laughs> you know fucking whatever <laughs> throw it in there where I need another fucking thing grab that thing from Golden Axe you know <laughs> whatever is, is is funny to me. Uh, I wonder if that was like a a planned thing or if they like actually just needed an extra enemy like uh, it's got to be planned right like no I think you're giving them way too much credit to say that. <laughs> I mean it would make sense kind of like. With the Mario thing, what happened with Nintendo, and you would start seeing sometimes characters pop up in other games, and it was cool, but it would just be like a Nintendo thing. You know what I mean? So if somebody had that idea purposefully, that would be cool. If they're lazy, it would be cool then... to, to try to make it like make them exist in a story world where there is overlap with with the things that populate it is a really cool idea, Jay. But I think I think this is a perfect illustration of our different of our vastly different views on the world. <laughs> I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful yeah. that we thought an idea. Yeah, I do. I do not have that much faith in humanity. I think most people just cut corners and do the easy thing uh, much more often than, than you have someone like with a really great idea and doing going the extra mile to to implement it. <laughs> and there, you know, and, and I think even even less pessimistically than that, these early fucking developers are just like very small teams of humans stretched incredibly thin with like very little money and time and they're just trying to get these fucking things out in time where they don't get fired <laughs> you know like yeah uh, anyways it's also very uh, the idea is uh, really cool uh, real-time feedback on, on our on our podcasting here is also a pretty cool idea to me. <laughs> like, almost like we're live casting here to some degree. <laughs> Agreed. Next caller. Yeah. <laughs> Next caller. Uh, this is Mike and Cheek Dewaga, first time, long time. The uh, <laughs> Another enemy they have here are the Rattletails, and these are described as resembling Chinese dragons. These guys attack from above and below, and they're identified in the in the levels by there'll be a, a, a very small little rattlesnake tail that'll stick either up out of the ground or hang down from the ceiling and then once you walk close enough to it they'll the the big dragon sprite will will like charge out of where that rattle tail is and the and jay which one is it stalactites or stalagmites I knew you were going to ask the question. <laughs> they hang from the ceiling. <laughs> stalactites. Stalactites. Good. I'm good. <laughs> committed to memory. Yes. The stalactites hang from the ceiling. And these can be tough to clock because of the stalactites. You know, though they the, the foreground imagery, basically, stalactite shit will kind of a little bit obscure them if you're not paying attention. So yeah. these, ca- these caught me slipping a couple times in the level early on. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for and sure. there are also lots of the multi-headed wolves here, both the brown ones and the orb-saddled blue ones, uh, as well as some of those small yellow flying dragons we saw in the first stage. So that is the enemy set you encounter, and I had, again, one Neff encounter before transforming into Weird Dragon again. I had missed an orb opportunity, so that's this is kind of where, after having seen it twice and, like, played the game enough, this is kind of where I learned that that's how it worked, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I see, okay, you know. Yeah, and when you do transform into the weird dragon, once you get all three orbs, it's pretty fucking cool because it flies. So you have a, you can fly now, and that's nice. Always, that's usually makes any fucking game easier when you can fly, <laughs> as it would make real life easier, I suppose, too. It's not just limited to games. But the A attack fires a lightning bolt projectile, and the B attack 
instead of a dashing thing, it just discharges an electrical charge that kind of emanates out in all directions from your sprite and fries anything near you. And this allows you to, and I like, I don't know, immediately learned that I should just be spamming the shit out of that button. <laughs> and like at all times be like, there's no, there's no economy to it at all. Like you can do, there's no like, uh, what do you call that? Cool down period to it or anything. You can just spam the fuck out of it nonstop until the end of the level, basically, including Ooh. the boss battle. <laughs> it, it's funny you say that. Cause at first when I got the dragon, I did not think it was easy. Like it took me a little bit to get used to that because I wasn't expecting to be flying. And then I was afraid that like, if I just hit that electric thing, like things will still shoot projectiles at me. So I just relied on the projectile. Mm. And when I got to the the first level, dude, it's funny that you, that that sounds like, I don't know. It's like a different, I I use the dash attack almost exclusively for every one of these. Yeah. See, and I, I didn't even use it at all in the first level. And then this one, so like I used the projectile, so we get to the boss, Octize, and I died on my first try. That's funny. Like completely died because like those eyes just kept flying at me. And then it was only when I went back through and tried the the freaking electric to spam, then it was like, oh, now it's easy mode. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 this dude was this is probably the easiest boss, maybe because of that spam opportunity. You know, uh, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, it it it's it's uh well, the description first is <clears throat> of Octize is this foul fern spawns poisonous spores in the shape of eyeballs. That's a tough sentence to say. This foul <laughs> fern spawns poisonous spores in the shape of eyeballs. So yeah, it just shoots out its eyeball sprites basically, and they float all over the place. But if you just run up on it and fucking dump on it with a, a spam electrical attack, you don't have to deal with any of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess actually I wrote down I didn't remember that I did it, but I did. I guess I did hang back. Uh, and 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 try the projectile first but i quickly noticed that i could not like the the projectile attack would not the the eyeball projectiles were were too too they advanced too fast and came too often for the projectile attack to kind of like get through them into the boss so i noticed that almost immediately and then just yeah just ran up rolled up on it and spam the shot b attack and literally seconds i mean that like the the first one i said you know i was able to kind of count attacks to 15 ish or whatever in this case it was just like two seconds of spamming it with the b button and it was dead (laughs) i couldn't believe it but i was very grateful i was like yes moving on (laughs) sure and you do that to the exact same flow chart i described for stage one there's no point in going through it each time it's the exact same thing and then we are in round three the weird bear level and this is another cave and it's a, a like i would say a bit more of a fiery hue to it than than the stage two one and the stalactites and stalagmites are more prominent and rocky as, as like the foreground thing and the strategy guide script or the manual description rather is inside a cavern deeply carved into a rock basin you are beset by crevasses everywhere fall into one and there's no return to the world above turn into a careful and crafty weir bear and your chances for survival are increased and the word crevasses makes me think of bear grills and i, I do not know why this is <laughs> <laughs> what I feel like crevasses is a word. He would say crevasses in every episode. Crevasses. <laughs> Not crevices, crevasses. Right. And it's funny, it didn't occur to me as I was reading this now, but like this is the stage we're talking about where there's the one, the one gap you have to theoretically or could jump over in the entire game, the one instance of platforming. And it's funny that they, they thought that that like set piece was so significant that it warranted 
being part of the description of the level. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a, that, that was that was their crevasse. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like you know, it was one of these kind of places where I just kind of said, "Okay, I've got to be able to get over here. Okay, this is how I get up here." You know, like this is how I jump high. This is where I use the skill. You like I got to it and I like I cussed out loud and I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to get over that? And I just died. <laughs> and 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 it I respawned when I respawned, I was up on that higher platform. So, you know, I never had to even think about it really. It was just like, oh, moving on in life. And you know, the stage was not hard enough to have to go through that sequence again. So I didn't have to troubleshoot it any further, you know what I mean? Your reaction was hilarious. How the fuck did you get up there? <laughs> yeah, we were playing the go up thing. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, didn't know. Wasn't it, it did not say that, and I don't think it said that in the instruction book. Or if it did, I glossed over it that you could jump, that had that higher jump thing. Definitely did. Definitely did. So yeah, I realized here coming into the stage that it definitely does not refill your life at the start of a new stage, and that's that's rough. I feel you know. What? Yep. Are you sure? Yep, I'm positive. That's that's how I told you. That's how I ended up in that whole fucking loop ride to figure out the option screen because I came into the fifth level with only two life units, and that oh. was not not enough to navigate that baby. So yeah, little added note or or smidge of difficulty to the game having that be the case. And the new enemies here in this level are the they're called cave needles. And these are described as mutated ground wasps that sting with a sting that kills. More like to me than wasps, but whatever. And there are fossils. And these are simply described as stone monsters. And that's it. That's the tweet. (laughs) And (laughs) also there are rock turtles. And they are slow moving, but they still pack brute force. So somewhat vague with, with those things. And there's not a lot of them, I don't feel. There might even only be one in the whole level. But a few screen links over from the start, there's the pit that we described. And yeah, I had no fucking idea how to get across that. And I just, yeah, just accepted death. So that was the, 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 easily the hardest part of the level for me. <laughs> before finding, yeah, before finding the, or getting the weird bear action. And this is, of all the transformations, this is, I, I said it in our co-op, it's like, it's, I don't know, it just looks goofy to me. And I, I don't, like, I don't know, I not the sprite looks bad. I think maybe just bears are just funny. I don't, I don't know. Like bears are just a funny animal. Uh, but it, it looks, I don't know. I laughed when I turned into this the first time. Well, it's, and it's weird because it's attack is like a shout thing. So it's like this weird little circular, like that, that's called, in the instruction manual, that's called bear breath, which is also just a funny phrase. <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh something gosh. about bears is funny, man. But right. it, you know, did you know that it turns things to stone? Did you even notice that? Wait a minute. That's why I was about to say I was very confused because it says, you know, fossils are stone monsters. But I was like, wait a minute. But I feel like when I was killing things, they were turning to stone or they were appearing. What was going on there? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, I'm pretty sure you did in our co-op thing. I think it even affects the. The the boss. I don't know. I was just hitting stuff and destroying it. Yeah. So. I, yeah. I think- <laughs> I think you were freezing it in our in our thing, which I, yeah, I did not. I did not occur to me to even try when I was playing it. Well, so. well, yeah, because there's that hole there. So I just figured when I was hitting it, that's what was making like the head pop up. Mm. So yeah, yep. And so yeah, the B 
attack is a jumping roll attack, and it can also basically just be spammed to decimate everything. <laughs> so I was noticing a pattern at this point, three stages in, of basically just spam B once you transform. <laughs> uh, which is funny, because the next stage, that'll get you slipping if you try that shit. So uh, <laughs> right. I felt like I... I, I you know, gleaned that little chink in the game's armor, and then it was like, nope, bitch. <laughs> yeah, so the boss battle base is Moldy Snail, and as it's, I already mentioned the description is, it's part snail, part salamander, which is a, it's a ridiculous name, but the sprite and illustration are pretty fucking badass looking. I like them both a great deal, so looks cool. Goofy name, though. Could have spent a little more time on copy for that one. Maybe the the fucking the highly paid writer checked out that day or had to stay home sick or something. Right. That was very weird to me. I'm like, what in the world? Okay. Yeah. This is what we're going with. And as far as dealing with it goes, I just spammed it with a B attack. Success. How <laughs> <laughs> about you? Did you have any difficulty with it at all? No, I I I really just kind of actually no, I'll take that back. On this one, it was a little more annoying. I lost two lives on this guy because like, because you have to use the breath to, to hit that hole to get his his head to pop up. And I'm pretty sure when I came in here at first, I had like low health or something. And so I would die. And then I never, I'm not like you though. I never relied on the, the B button as much. So I was like more about the shouts. And so because I no, wasn't. No, no. Bear I wasn't, breath, Jay. Bear breath. Or I'm sorry, the bear breath. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, like I didn't use the spamming that at first. And so that was part of the problem <laughs> until I, you know, switched to that method and obviously got through. It's funny, you, you're, you know, you're mentioning that making its head pop up. Like, I don't even I'm not even sure what you're talking about. Like, I didn't notice that I had to do that. And I don't know if I just got lucky with its willingness to do that while I was spamming it with the B attack, because I never I never like noticed a invulnerability moment that I had to counteract in some way. You know, I never noticed having to do that. So um, I think you spammed and skipped the mechanic where right, right, like, yeah, right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> that's, that's funny that uh, I had to deal with it. Had that work around after these messages. We'll be right back. Golden X. In this great Sega arcade hit, you take on mighty warriors, sword wielding heroines and dragon riding knights. Altered Beast, the classic Sega arcade hit included with the Genesis system. Join forces with the mythical powers of the Altered Beast as you dare to enter the mysterious dark world of adventure and terror. Ghouls and Ghosts, the most menacing gang of nasties you'll ever meet in your worst nightmares. Revenge of Shinobi, as a ninja warrior you face the ultimate test of your abilities to survive makes turtle soup out of those other games forgotten worlds stay alert because you'll never know where the next attacker is coming from in this supreme shootout of your life super thunderblade over land and sea you're at the controls of your powerful mega chopper in a valiant attempt to defend your country against enemy attack super hang on your ticket to the motorcycle ride of your life Lean into those hairpin turns and open full throttle to the finish line. That is a 1989 minute-long promo for Sega's arcade to Genesis ports. And the, without a doubt, most pertinent thing I can say about it is that that cheese tactic that I was able to glean 
for the first boss. So you, I don't normally watch those and ex- expect to learn something from the brief moment of game footage you're going to see in them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I thought that was pretty cool. That actually it had some beneficial purpose to it. So the round four level is the the transformation for it is the Weir Tiger. And you have arrived when you when you start this stage. You are in front of the gates to the underworld palace. You stalk angrily, boldly searching for an entrance. Now as Weir Tiger, nothing can hold you back. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And there is a lot of purple hued granite architecture. Pretty cool shit visually, I think, in this level. And there is only one new enemy here in the, the breakdown in the manual, and they are called Hammer Demons. And they're, they're basically the same deal as, as those yellow dragons, but they have a uh, hammer in their hands here. And they, they have the same mechanic. They both, like, they both in how they move and how you deal with them, and, and that they, you just do the kick while crouching thing on your back as, as they lower down on top of you, even though you know, they have the hammer in your hand. I kind of expected when I was first encountering them that because they had the hammer in their hands and it hangs down below their body, that that wouldn't work, but not the case. So this game on this level, I really this is where I really played started playing by placement. So like I would have to like it was just a little trickier, like where the enemies would come and how they would stack up. And so I really learned to just stand certain places like I knew I had to stand in certain places of the screen to be able to kick people without getting hit. You know, if I weren't if I if I wasn't at that place, I might die. You know what I mean? Yep it's yeah they i didn't know that thing of how to get up high so i just kind of had the fucking bowl in a china chop through it basically <laughs> just fucking just run straight ahead and run run through them basically so yeah the it's it the the enemies otherwise are, are almost all grunts from one and three for the most part and, and there are a lot of them yeah it's a, a super straightforward level but there are yes there's like different tiers of there's like little platforms and stuff that you can get yourself onto that almost kind of fuck you more so than 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 anything because like you're 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 too high for your attacks to work well, but you're low enough where enemies walking on the bottom of the screen can run into you. You know what I mean? And because yeah. of just the abundance of them, that you can get yourself into a little bit of trouble. In level, I feel or I felt for sure. So when you transform, you become the Weird Tiger, as previously mentioned, and it goes as such. The A button is a bouncing flame. It's kind of it's how it's described in the manual, and it's a, a dancing balls of fire are hurled from your fingertips, and they are very floaty and slow. And I would right. say that they require. I would say it's funny that this is the this is basically because you just turn into a golden version of a, of a transformation you are in the first level. In the fifth level, this is like in essence, the, 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 the most advanced creature you turn into. And it's funny to me how I feel both of the attacks are like a regression in effectiveness. You know what I mean? Like, right. he, yeah, the, 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 the projectiles are very floaty and slow and they have that kind of sine wave flight pattern to them. And yep. they, without a doubt, require additional strategy to employ effectively than any of the previous projectile attacks. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. and you can get hit with when you're the, the pillar of fire. You can totally get hit though. For sure, yeah, and it, it also even 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 aside from that, it only goes up and down. Like there's no all the previous B attacks had some sort of forward momentum to them, so you could use them 
as a way to like advance across the screen, which in a right to left or left to right beat him up is, you know, a, a very useful skill to have for an attack, you know, to basically yeah. progress forward with it as opposed to having to advance and then attack just vertically, you know what I mean? Which this does. And so, yeah, it goes kind of, it's like, a, it does, it's a dash move a lot like the first werewolf attack, but it's only straight up and down. So if you're not directly below the thing you're trying to kill, it's not going to do anything for you. Yep. And that adds some difficulty to, to, to progressing through this and, and particularly through to, to beat the boss, which the boss battle in this case is Crocodile Worm and is described as a fire-breathing, floating beast which emit fiery little dragons. And yeah, it looks like a big fat alligator with a fireball for a body. And it shoots, <laughs> <laughs> it shoots big flame beams and then the little aforementioned dragon sprites kind of just slowly fly out amidst those flame beams. And this one, first of all, it's with, I mean, just by leaps and bounds, the most difficult boss to, to, say, to say the least. And you, you can't, there's no, there's, you cannot spam it. Like it is not a spammable boss at all. You have to very strategically and very plottingly work your way through this battle. And, you know, I mean, that's a good thing. You shouldn't be able to, to spam bosses to death. I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. But it is very difficult and very strategic and very tedious getting through this battle. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it was it was super annoying. But like after I came back and played an entirely different version you know, to get back to this level, like I made it all the way here and was able to beat him without dying. So it just it just took a while and it was slow. But like, yeah, I was trying different strategies. I, I tried to hit this guy with that, you know, that upward attack multiple times the pillar of fire and like of course i took damage but at least i damaged him you know but you know he takes so many fucking hits that you'll you'll never last (laughs) going that route yeah i mean yeah Yeah. you know the the the, his projectile the the flame projectile fucks you up bad dude it takes like two life units if you get hit by it so like it is with it's paramount concern that you avoid that and like those flame attacks are kind of like this intermittent nature to them so they're like you know they're like almost full screen long beams but there's little breaks in them and with the way the the little flying things come out you basically like the the, the tactic is kind of you you wait for that very brief like you you have to hope that it doesn't it's not always the fucking the case Uh, so there's like there's a couple aspects of this boss that like are almost unavoidable damage, you know, like there, 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 there's, I don't, I, at least I was not able to figure out a way to completely avoid these two things, but so there's the, with the flying things, they would come out and you, you, know, you're, you have to wait for a break in the, in the flame and then do your vertical attack real quickly before the next stream comes out, you know, and usually you would have that opportunity, but every now and again, it would, it would time out where the thing would be able to fly down and hit you. And you just never had an opportunity to do that vertical attack without, because when you, when you do the vertical attack and you get hit by the flames, it, same thing, it fucks you up just the same. So you can't yeah. do it at all if that's happening. So yeah, there, there was a couple instances or numerous instances rather, and all the times I had to fight this fucking guy <laughs> where, you know, yeah, it would just took that unavoidable damage. And the same thing, it's not totally unavoidable because you can duck below it, but there's basically three tiers or, or three planes on the screen that the boss sprite shoots the flames out for the most part occasionally and unpredictably no indicator it would they would either do it up high where it's not at all a concern for you or 
directly in the middle of the screen where it would be right above your head. You know what I mean? So you could still stand. If as long as you didn't jump, you could still stand there and just keep shooting your projectile out, hoping to hit him with it and, and not have to worry about those flames. And then sometimes he would shoot it very low. And in that case, you would have to crouch down and the, the, a weird tiger had a very low crouch to it, you know, so it, w- it would yeah. go below it and you could still shoot your, your, your ball at that level. So normally that was the three ways. And like, obviously you just had a very different, like when you saw that happening, you would just do the thing that I described to deal with it. And, but there was a fourth one that he very occasionally and unpredictably would use where he would fire that middle beam just a little bit lower. And that could hit you in the head when he did that. And because you're normally dealing with that middle tier by just standing there, if you weren't really on top of your game, that shit would hit you right in the face and fuck you up. <laughs> and like super frustrating when that happened because it happened so seldomly that you were almost never expecting it. You know what I mean? So yeah, that that was those are the two instances where you know it's kind of just like somewhat felt like unavoidable damage, and that's that's a very frustrating thing to feel when you're battling a boss that it's like there's just an aspect of it that you cannot. You don't feel as fair, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it took me, uh, dude, I mean, I, I was, I, I told you when we were texting all pissed off about this level, like I was getting Castlevania Dracula level upset trying to beat this dude. <laughs> I was oh, fucking no. smacking the wall next to my computer, fucking yelling mean shit at my computer. Like, uh, yeah, it was, it was max level frustration for a bit with this dude. So dude, I, I did not have that level of difficulty with it. Like I said, I, I beat it pretty much on like once i played through the second try like i tried it at first you know on the the first try and did not succeed and then when i went but i went through it again and i was able to beat it on that try so i it was all right it was all right for me very very envious because yeah i mean you know it's on top of just that some those unpredictable elements of this and you know part of it is just kind of the progression of it like the first three bosses were so fucking easy. That was like, it took, came out of nowhere to me that I was like this frustrated and had this hard of a time with this dude. So, <laughs> so that's probably part of the, part of the frustration. But yeah, I mean, dude, like it's. Well, got, co- stop going to grab martinis while you're playing the game and just focus. Keep your head in the game, Josh. <laughs> I was, I might've been drinking wine actually when I was fucking playing. <laughs> that's a fucking boss. <laughs> but uh, I was definitely not drinking martinis. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah. So like, it, it's i mean i would say dude that there are probably and this is also so much different than the other bosses that i mean i think that that third stage boss had a little bit of a, a a feedback progression to it where it got red and redder you know what i mean but not nearly to the degree and, and the gradual nature of this this boss i would say i mean maybe eight maybe even more different levels of turning red so like like more intensely red uh, to show like progression through his damage fucking whatever meter and like because there's no meter actual meter and this is just the way you get through it you don't know how many more there's gonna be so like as i'm like you know getting better at this and able to get a little further into the battle and all my free tries like you know i get a little further and he turns a little redder than i've seen him previously so like i'll get every time it would do it again without dying i'll be like fuck man how many fucking like you just didn't know you know how many how much <laughs> how much further you would have to go and like it got to the point where it was like you know i thought for sure he was going to be dead on the next one and then it would just be another step of red and i'd be like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> Right, that one I was definitely hoping. Like, come on, when is this one over? Like, I I want to stop focusing like this. Damn it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, yeah did of course eventually get through them though. But I mean, yeah, I mean, 
dozen tries maybe took me. And that's that wow. More, yeah, after those first couple bo- few bosses than I could have ever guessed I would have with one of the bosses in this game, you know. So to his credit, though, I was I mean it was an honorable challenge and even with those like marginally cheap things, I didn't feel it was unfair. It was just a required a great deal of strategy and precision, you know. And because of that, I felt great upon achieving victory, which is what I always expect and ask of the latter game boss battles of, of a video game. Uh, so, you know, I was pissed while I was happening, but just like with Dracula, I was like, felt great after I did it. <laughs> which is right. <laughs> pretty cool. So, if uh, however difficult it may be for you, after that, you are heading to round five, and that is the Golden Werewolf level. So, uh, another instance of just reusing assets. It's kind of depressing, in my opinion, but <laughs> you've, the description of this is you've survived the labyrinth of the underworld so far. Only now, Neff waits to protect his prized Athena. Can you survive your ultimate test of will and cunning? I like that. It's it's a very specific and 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 uh, minor or subtle, I guess, word usage. But it could very well be, and probably more streamlined, it would say, can you survive the ultimate test of will and cunning? But they choose your ultimate test of will and cunning. Mm-hmm. That's that's a very very small literary choice by the writer <laughs> that, that, that I appreciate and like. And this level looks absolutely fucking awesome, man. This is a very, very good-looking level. Like, the, the foreground is a mass grave of petrified bodies, like, frozen in a slithering on top of each other. And that looks very, very cool. And the sky is a, a fucked-up, stormy-looking green in the background there. And then the graphic plane is a kind of like a purple mess of just a whole bunch of shit, decaying, petrified trees and rocks and, and stuff. So this is a very, like, a very diverse color palette and 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 it it looks great there are a bunch of new enemies for this last gauntlet there are sawfishes and these are fishes with circular saws for fins fishes. wait they're, they're fish i had no idea i just thought they were saws like buzz yeah. saws. no yeah fishes which is again i mean i guess <laughs> i think it, i think it's technically right but i don't know i'd probably say fish there <laughs> oh, fishes. love it yeah and there are gory goats, and these are described as light of foot. They box with powerful hooves, hooves, and I like that name, gory goats. There are also rad boars here, and these are club-wielding wild boars with a taste for blood. And there are dark unicorns. Swift flying kicks spell immediate pain and loss of energy, which is a sentence I fucking love. And you <laughs> what is the thing, the sparkle fucking thing? Twilight Sparkles. It's from uh, uh, what is it? My Little Pony. Oh, <laughs> I had no. Yeah, we got those in the comments on Facebook, and I was like, I have no idea what these people people are fucking. Why are they saying those words? You <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a daughter, so I watched several seasons of that on Netflix. <laughs> okay. That explains it. I don't have one of those. <laughs> yeah, it looks like uh, a ninja unicorn, which is a fantasy concept mashup I've never seen before. And good job. Cool. <laughs> and they promptly took me out several times starting this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just generally speaking, I would say the the, uh, the enemies in this level are harder, which, you know, last level they should be. But yeah, I, I had to. I already described a couple of times because of my difficulty with it, but I had to restart option menu continue here. And, and 
I, I made a business decision <laughs> when I did so <laughs> to just juice myself with five lives and five health uh, on the restart of this level just to like you know get through it we were I was, this was last night this was happening and we had to record this morning and I didn't want to spend my whole life doing it so just <laughs> my, my guy up and yeah it's without a doubt the busiest level as far as enemies go there there's there's also as i kind of described maybe it was this level and, and not in that last one where it was the case but yeah it, the area with the short platforms that you can be hit by the rolling balls and fish while standing on even though you couldn't attack them and that's super frustrating because there's no way it doesn't have unless i guess maybe do you hold down a hit seat because i didn't know that yet but i don't think you can drop down a platform you have to like walk off of it you know what i mean and yeah i I definitely tried and was not able to drop through the platform, unfortunately. Okay, yeah, so that's that's frustrating when, when you don't have that mechanic, but things are attacking you from below. It kind of sucks. So, yeah, I mean, like all stages, though, it's mostly just banging your head against the wall until you get the orbs, and that's what I did. And when you do so, the golden werewolf action, boringly, is identical to the first stage's mechanics. You have A, projectile, B, energy, dash, attack, and you're golden this time, not brown, and the projectile... Maybe looks a little different. I'm I'm not entirely sure. It looked like it might have could have had a little something more going on with it than than early on in the game, but there so much time had passed <laughs> that I could recall for sure. <laughs> I didn't get enough of a fuck to look it up. So you do that and then you get your boss battle, and it is the elusive Neff this time. And the description in, in the manual is, is pretty good for this. It says the final confrontation. All we can say is good luck. <laughs> and, <laughs> Yeah, he is rock steady. Basically, he's an overly muscular mutant rhinoceros and rhinoceros, 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 rhinoceros. rhinoceros. <laughs> yeah, it is. so he attacks in a very brute force manner. He's trying to just run up on top of you and then drop very straightforward punch and kick attacks once he does so, you know, and that's I mean, it kind of I'm sure you, I have a hard time believing that you are not going to say the same thing. But I mean, I very quickly develop well actually no you didn't do it in the in the in the co-op so i'm guessing maybe you didn't use this strategy but i i developed a tactic of, of basically crouching and firing from the corner and then just using the dash attack to go through them because you're invincible but you couldn't do that repetitively unfortunately like spamming him didn't seem to work because he would stop you would once he stopped on top of you he would fuck you up so yeah i would just dash through him and then run to the opposite corner duck down and just keep doing the fucking just start spamming the, the projectile again and that that's what worked for you yep oh man dude let let me tell you about my experience so, <laughs> so that did not work because when i tried dashing through him i got hurt so i would shoot him and then try to jump do the high jump high in the air above his head dash to the other side hit him jump in the air dash high in the air dash to the other side so i tried that at first and it was working but then I eventually died and that fight was taking a while because I, not every time I would be successful in jumping all the way up. So he would hit me yeah, and yeah. then and you have the time falling down where you lose opportunity to attack him. Yeah. And then he's hitting me and it was taking a while, dude. Like, and then, so like I died a couple times with that and I was like, man, what, what is going on? So then I tried it again and kind of like in our playthrough, I was just like, okay, a couple times I've been able to kneel and hit him. I'm going to try that. And I, I, I beat him so quickly. It was literally like a second and a half and he was done. And I was like, just what? like crouching and yeah. And like I crouched down. down 
yeah, instead of like being a far away, that's why when in our playthrough I got so close, and you're like, uh, dude, you got to back up because like <laughs> it, literally, it literally took like one to two seconds, and I beat him, and I was so shocked that like I went back to my previous save, tried again, and this time it took like three seconds, but still beat him quick again. So I was like, all right, it wasn't a fluke. I guess that's just a way to beat him. Wait, so. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I was able to. I mean, I'm not. You know, I might have been. You know, I'm not going to contest that. You, maybe you take damage when you go through them, but it wasn't enough to detract me from that tactic for sure. If I if I was taking damage, I'm not sure. I definitely never tried. That. I mean, like I said, I didn't even know I could jump that high. So <laughs> I definitely wasn't trying, that. I wasn't trying that angle for sure. Yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, the only other thing I would say about the battle is so when you do that, he has to turn around and track back to the the you know once you move to the other side. He he does a pretty fun like little snort animation to demonstrate how ticked he is that he's that you've ran away from him, you know? Mm -hmm. When he turns back, and I thought that was a nice little touch in his animation set. But yeah, dude, I, I mean, I died once uh, the first time I encountered him, but the second time around, I rinse repeated that tactic, and I didn't feel it was I, I wasn't even close to dying. So, wow, interesting. We I, yeah, I was super frustrated at first, man. I was like, what is going? Like, this is not. This is going to take me a long time, I think. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I found an opening. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I mean, after that, you know, I told you how much trouble I had with that fourth boss. I expect, I walked into this battle like thinking I was going to be fucking irate. So I, <laughs> I was shocked that uh, how breezy it was. Yeah, so he dies in the same fashion as all the other bosses. A tall pillar of gray smoke, then a blue bird flies out of the hole in the ground that Neff usually escapes into. And an awesome, awesome chiptune fires up to mark the celebration. The bird flies around while the bonus point tally racks up and then flies down to the ground and into the hole, or not into the hole, rather, but flies down to the ground and transforms into Zeus's baby girl, uh, Athena, and that all this hubbub w was over. And then it cuts to the last of those purple emblem screens, and uh, the girl is in, or Athena, rather, is engaging in some bestiality with your boy, <laughs> still, still in the, in the werewolf state. He hasn't turned back yet. And then it cuts to the first level, Zeus's Temple, for the end credits. And your sprite is there alone, back in human form. And a lot of the credits are kind of gibberish. Like the very first one you see is coordinate, which isn't really a word for a credit, I don't think. It should be coordinate right. or. <laughs> and then the name is No Nukes. I don't know what, I don't know what that's about. Someone, Someone's nickname, No Nukes. That's interesting. And there's not a lot of it. It's only, I would say only five or six of them before the word end comes down. But the 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 pro they, the way it progresses through the credits is they kind of they fall down onto your sprite and and they'll, I didn't know that you could still move your guy around here, which is pretty cool. We would, I learned that in the co-op thing. But yeah, you can move your guy around even if you don't though. If you just stand still like I did, not knowing I can move, the one one of the credit sets will as they fall down, will hit your guy and it knocks him back, you know? <laughs> yeah. which, I, which I thought, which just again, I, I didn't think that I could move, so I thought that was just like built in there. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool, so. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I, know that until our co-op either, so okay. I, I it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's super cool that you can, I don't know, that's, uh, I wish 
it's usually not the case. It's just a very unique thing to be able to interact with the game while the credits are rolling. It's very rare. So yeah. a cool little extra extra amount of touch that didn't have to be there. And that's always worth commending. And after the word end comes down, it is followed by uh, a set of text that says, press any key to start the next rounds. Good luck. And if you do that, if you hit a button, just fires the game back up. And as I would always say about that, I'm never going to play a game immediately again. So I don't know if it was any different, but I, I'm guessing probably not that much different. <laughs> I'm in the same camp. I just com I just completed it. I'm going to bask in this glory and go do something else now. Yeah, no <laughs> way in hell. Like, I just can't believe. You know, it, it, I mean, it's the, yeah, it's the arcade inspiration behind it. That's a very arcadey thing, you know, just like, if they'll stay in there and keep giving us quarters, we'll let them do it. <laughs> yeah. you know, so like, in fact, that's, that's what, what we want them to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's where that comes from. But yeah, just you got to be out of your fucking mind, man, to to want to play a game like this uh, a second time through. But that's got to be probably the thing, the reason why it seems so short. I mean, and even our play, our co-op playthrough was so short. Like it just, I guess, built on the idea of hey, this was an arcade. You know, they didn't. Sure. It seems like they didn't really lengthen it too much. At least, you know, you were able to kind of say, like, pick where you're going to go, pick up your orb, so that the game is pretty short, pretty straightforward. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think that's kind of, you know, just talking about, like, general philosophical differences between Nintendo and Sega. I, I think that's one of the, the big ones, too. Like, Nintendo often, particularly with third-party developers... I guess in-house games too, just the same. But you know, they they would expect that you you know, like Double Dragon, for example, is is one of the better ones ever, where they they made Dan make that whole arena battle, uh, job or not job, but game mode, to give it something more than what the arcade version was, because the arcade experience is inherently a shorter, less replayability-minded experience you know what i mean so nintendo yeah. when nintendo would try to do something to, to to give it home console value where sega and, and and they were you know a more prolific arcade developer too so they had more titles so there's just more instances of this being the case they did not have that priority and they would just yeah fucking that's what it was fucking put it on the fucking genesis <laughs> like, <laughs> nah, you know like that's what you're buying. You know, you, that's that's the game. I don't tell you. <laughs> so, like, wait a minute. I don't have to put quarters in every time. This is going to go way quicker. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, yeah, so, yeah, we did also do the two-player Parsec couch co-op, virtual couch co-op experience. And we we beat that baby. The, the, the playthrough video I put on the, the socials is exactly 11 minutes and 40 seconds, including the credit roll. So, yeah. You know, I mean, we did give ourselves five lives and, and life units. So, that lends itself to maybe being a little more or less strategic and in turn taking less time that we can just kind of blow through things without having to worry so much about defense, I guess. But either way, it's still a, a very short experience. If you know what you're doing, you can really blow through this fucking game for sure. Yeah. Very, very, very short. It was, I would say in, in general, the, the two player experience, it, it was kind of fun. Uh, but I wouldn't say there's a lot of opportunity to really work as a team, you know what I mean? Like to, to, for your collective efforts to change the way that you interact with the enemies in the game, you know what I mean? And that, to me, that's the obvious hallmark of, a, of an awesome co-op experience is there being, you know, uh, the sum being greater than its parts, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. when, you, when you play that way. And, and this, you know, it's just, it's just too 
one player games happening at the same time i would say you know and that's, yeah that that i did i was a little bummed at that that's why like yeah even in our playthrough we could tell i was like well this is where you stand then we do this like it's just it it didn't really change it <laughs> yeah didn't change it and i think also just being that being the second time i was playing through the game like i also just didn't notice i mean like you just described like it's it's you know very straightforward there's just not the replayability factor of it is just almost non-existent you know there's just like you you know there's not enough complexity to the game in general for there to be variants you know on on another on, on the next playthrough like the, like you're, you're gonna you're probably like it, it, it's somewhat i don't know if i call it auto scroll but you know it's like the scrolling is very deliberate and like you're gonna you know i, I feel like you're probably going to encounter each sprite in the almost exact same place on the screen every time you play the game like it's not even you know, you're not even get variants within the movement patterns of the enemies. Like, yeah, it's just very, very. Exactly. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, well, I'll just stand here. Then I just stand there and then success. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, we're kind of getting into blessing stuff there. Maybe we should take a break here and come back. <laughs> <laughs> was the game over theme bringing us into the verdict section of the podcast josh it's leagues better than the sms port so you know it could be worse i guess is what that means or we have seen <laughs> we i guess i should say we have seen it worse <laughs> but it it still has some pretty glaring flaws man i mean it looks great most of the time and as I mentioned, especially early on, I really did enjoy playing it. If only, you know, I mean, you know, we always talk about like how you have to look at through the the lens you have to look at these games through. You, know, you can't look at it from where you sit now. You have to look at it from when the game was hitting. And, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, a kid early on in their Genesis experience would have up to this point only have played 8-bit shit you know, mm-hmm. and, and when this landed in their lap and like, I was listening to what the fuck is that? I was listening to some game podcast last night and they were talking about some, oh, it was uh, Emulate This I was listening to and they were talking about their, their their pretty cool episode actually about just their favorite video game levels ever and they were talking about Sonic and like, you know he was saying that he had gotten Sonic the, or, or gotten the Genesis, the core system, just like actually, just like I did the square box for Christmas, which I also got it for Christmas and like you know, you open that fucker up, and like I, had, I had played Genesis very briefly other other places before, so it wasn't my first time ever seeing the system. But you know, still, obviously, had not a ton of it. And you know, you plug that thing in, and you put fucking. I had it came with Sonic when I got it too. I got it pretty late in, or later on in the system life, and you plug Sonic in there for the first time, and you see that fucking game for the first time. Like it is just mind blowing. <laughs> the, the level of uptick in everything and in, in visuals and sound and in, in, in the speed of the game like it just everything is just like fucking mind-blowing compared to what you've experienced in your life on a video game system you know and i think yeah. if you look at it from that perspective this would probably have been would have had some level of that effect on you because especially if you happen to have had arcade experience with altered beast and you know you're bringing that home and, and you want to play it 
have, bring that into your house and play a play an arcade game in your house on your own TV in your living room. Like the idea of how much closer this would have been to that than the Sega Master System experience of this game had you had the unfortunate experience of playing it on there before you had played it on Genesis. Like, you know, it probably had a very impactful fucking effect on you, you know? Uh, so, you know, I, looking at it like that, I, I want to say that, like, they accomplished something here and, 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 it, and it, it, it did a good job of hitting those data points and what an early Genesis game would have wanted to accomplish and be. Mm-hmm. But it is there. There is still even within the confines of that. There's just a lot of shit, man. There's it's a very short game. We already hit on that fucker, you know, or hit on that a bunch of times. It's ten minutes for a whole playthrough. Like fuck, man, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the option screen allows you to up the difficulty. So you know, we never tried that. I never tried the harder difficulty levels, but I can't fathom. I mean, that's probably my best guess is that's just enemies taking more wax to die and that being your only variance possibility, like that's not fucking going to be any funner. I don't think, you know, so I don't think I'm missing out on the better experience by not having tried that. And I would also say, as I kind of mentioned, I mean, I guess you had a little more trouble than me. So maybe that's a little bit of just a situational thing. I didn't feel Neff was a very good final boss. It was a little bit lame and, and that the fourth stage boss was the real win state gatekeeper, you know, and, and, and even though I did get a bunch of satisfaction from that, one boss the fact that the final boss didn't do it more so is a bad game design thing you know what i mean yeah yeah man i don't know like the the two-player co-op thing gave it a like a minute amount of replayability factor but just overall i think again kind of going back to that kid sitting in front of their tv getting their fucking sega genesis for christmas and if they didn't get any other games and they just had this pack in Altered Beast game. I think before you go to bed that first night, you're sitting there in front of your TV like, oh, man. <laughs> like, fuck, exactly. I, I kind of wish I had gotten another game. <laughs> exactly, man. Like, it's it's fun, but it's super easy. Like, And, and for me, like, yeah, the fourth, fourth boss, it really... I, it took my second try. So it took longer, but still super easy. And yeah, Neff, the last boss, it was hard at first, but then once I figured out just to kneel, it was so easy. It was like, well, I would only play this again in two player mode. And then lo and behold, we played it again in two player mode. And now it's like, I don't need to play this again ever. Really. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to play this again ever. Like, right. it's not like, Hey, let's go play that again. Nope. Let's play a di- completely different game. So yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah, you know that, that's the thing too. Like, if if the act of gameplay, like a beat 'em up, is so mu- a good, you know, Streets of Rage two, Alien Storm, like I, I exposed yeah. you to last night when we were fucking around. Like, I think that has this. It's like, even though you're doing the same shit, there's enough minute variances in the way you're going to interact with each level you know even in the case of alien storm it's in streets rage 2 has this too and i think it's critical for a beat-em-up to be good there's not a beat-em-up i really enjoy that's all on the same plane like you have to have enough variance in the movements of things and the only real way to have that is if you have a multi-plane 
uh, play arena, you know what I mean? Where you can move up and down basically instead of just left and right, not being able to move up and down. And like, you know, you, I guess you discovered a little bit of an ability to do this. I didn't know I could do so. My experience is curbed even more so than the game allots for, but I think even, even doing that, it's, it's not enough of a variance, you know? So like not having that in a beat em up is just, it's just, you know, they just had, they hadn't got that far enough. I don't think in the development of video games for this type of game to have been good, you know? So, you know, it might've been the best job they could have done, but overall, like I, I couldn't, if I like recommending this game to someone, I don't think I could, man. I don't think I could. Yeah. Sadly. No. Yep. No, no go on King Lorik's blessing. So that's a O for two. Unfortunate. Cause like, I mean, I did enjoy it at times, but I mean, if, if we're going to put it on the grand scheme of things and whether or not, yeah, like you said, you would recommend it. So that is Altered Beast on the Sega Genesis, our first Sega Genesis foray for the pod here. And next up, we'll be flipping through GamePro Issue 5. You can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided by whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. You can, or rather, please rate and review the pod and, and leave some sort of positive shit on that podcast platform, if you could. And the website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod on Facebook and also on the subreddit if you want to interact with us, interface with us on there. And there is a link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlist. My final boss battle is up on there and as well as our co-op go through our, our, our go round in this baby. And Jay, what are your socials? Uh, the gamer tag is gentleman JB without the second E. That's where you can catch me, Xbox, everywhere. And I am at my shift key is broke on Instagram and at Josh Follen on Twitter. Okay, bye. Bye. And there are also rad boars here. <laughs> God damn, I get the hiccups now, motherfucker. No.